Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Gene McDonald, founder of App Camp for Girls. How's it going, Gene? Hey, it's going great. Brett, how about with you? I didn't realize uh, until we started talking that it's been since 2013 that you were on the show. Yeah, I know. I feel like I talk to you all the time. But yeah, well, actually we do. doing the show uh, is, uh, but you know, there's hundreds of, of cool people for you to have on the show. So I, I, I could see why it might take you 110 episodes to get around <laughs> to me again. Uh, so last time we talked, you had uh, you you had started up App Camp for Girls. You had uh, it wasn't too long after you had left uh, Smile Software. And uh, and you were also participating in rock and roll camp for girls. What's been happening in general since then? Um, yeah, I, actually, the last time we talked, I was still working at Smile and doing app camp for girls. Um, and just in 2014, about a year ago, is when I officially left to pursue app camp full time because it, w- it evolved that I had two full time jobs, which wasn't my original plan and not a very sustainable lifestyle that is so, really hard to do i've tried it <laughs> yeah so i um um we we'd done app camp the first summer we just had app camp in portland um 2014 we expanded to seattle and this summer we're expanding again um so we'll be in portland seattle and vancouver uh british columbia so this now it's summer. international I know. It's Canada. We're taking it over. <laughs> or they're taking us over. It's not totally clear. <laughs> I, I, I know nothing about the development scene in Canada. Is it pretty active? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I I know that um, we have a great partner um, there in Vancouver, which is the British Columbia um, Technology and Industry Association. Um, I toured their facility when I was there. Uh, to visit a couple months ago, and it's like a, a tech startup hub, and it was one of the most advanced and coolest uh, um, facilities I've ever seen for something like that. And um, they are actually going to host the App Camp session there, awesome. um, which is great because it's a really great uh, central location in Vancouver. Um, and there are developers up there. I mean, there's a lot of Big companies like I believe um, Hootsuite is there, and um, I think Slack has an office there. But um, then there's uh, like our buddy Alan Pike, who uh, has Steam Clock Software downtown Vancouver as well. And, you know, it's a small um, iOS and Android development house. And uh, well, and Agile think- Bits. Well, Not they're in Toronto, in Toronto <laughs> but we're talking about Canada in general. Canada in general, yeah, I think. It's, it's like comedians and actors. You find out that a lot of the, the developers you really like turn out to be Canadian. <laughs> so, Did you know? Um, I don't know if they still do it, but Toronto used to be used as a substitute for New York in film sets. Yes, they would just film in Toronto because it was way cheaper. Yeah, they still do that. Like I don't. Well, you know, I have noticed that, and I believe. Um, just in general, like a big city, if they need a big city, they go to Canada. Um, Vancouver has a lot of that as well, I believe. I think the old X-Files was filmed up there. Um, I remember uh, I was there once during a filming, I think it was for like rush hour or something. And uh, uh, <laughs> they had to have the businesses throw their throw their trash from their trash bins out into the street so it would look more like New York. 
that's that. Well, that's not really so true anymore. No, anymore. I've heard it's I've all heard cleaned things have, up. So. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard Toronto has gone downhill since I was last <laughs> there. But since it's been years, um, yes. why don't we remind people what App Camp for Girls oh, is? Excellent, excellent point. Um, App Camp for Girls is a summer program that is designed to get girls interested in software development. Um, we we take them for a week. Um, it's a full-time day camp, so uh, Monday to Friday. And we do much more than focus on programming or coding. We start out, um, the girls form into teams, so they're like project teams um, of four girls in each team, and they work on an app together, but they also work on things like brainstorming and UI design, and they design their own icons, um, and they learn how to use Xcode. Um, they learn how to make a presentation in Keynote. And then on the last day, they make a presentation uh, pitch of their app to a panel of women investors and business leaders and such. Um, so they get the whole um, software business experience, I would say, in five days. And what age range is this for? Um, 13 and 14-year-olds, basically. What grade um, is that? That's like seventh grade? Seventh and if if you're in seventh or eighth grade right now, you're eligible to come to App Camp. Um, our campers are going into eighth and ninth grade. You know, by the time the summer comes around. Nice. And yeah, it's a good group. It's a good age group to work with because they have the, you know, they have some of the math background, um, to, you know, to understand things like variables. Um, they um, they can sit longer than smaller kids, but they haven't gotten to the point what happens to a lot of girls where they decide they're not interested in science and math and yeah. you know technology because it's not cool and boys don't like girls who are that smart or things like that. So <laughs> Well and and I was talking with Molly Holschlag on the last episode about um how how math and, and science is presented in public schools in general. And how, how how having an application for it at the time it's presented makes it so much easier to learn. And I think I think being able to see a program come together using the foundation that you've kind of you've learned the theory and the rote, I think it would be beneficial beyond just getting girls into tech, but actually for their education in general. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, you know, in general, I don't think technology education is where it should be. I mean, I'm not in the school system myself. I'm not an, uh, officially an educator professionally, but, um, what I hear anecdotally from parents and kids and stuff, that sounds like we're pretty behind considering the role of technology in yeah. our society. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, we, we would like to branch out into year round, um, programming for the girls, um, because obviously a one week, um, program and is not going to, you're not going to be able to turn around and make an iPhone app the day after you get done with camp and you have to, you know, learn programming consistently over time and study it, not just do one big swoop for a week and then forget about it for a year. So that's on our roadmap. But this year, um, is our year where we we go international which has a whole own uh set of challenges and we have 
documented our program. So we have a handbook now for uh, future camp organizers that we didn't have last summer when we went to Seattle. Last year in Seattle, I gave the organizers there. So that's Christina Sontag and Liz Marley from Omni Group. They, I had like one handout which had like, here's the rules, like, you know, don't, you know, the basic rules of camp. And maybe like, here's a check-in list for parents. But every day at that Seattle camp, we would go, oh, we forgot to tell you about doing this, you know, or, oh, you have to make sure you take care of this or keep track of this. So uh, this year, in between summers, we worked hard on something we call App Camp Kit. And it includes all the the procedures um, and documenting what, you know, in great detail what you have to do um, to manage a camp and run a camp and also including the curriculum. So that by 2016, we will we'll have this um, app camp kit when somebody says, I want to start app camp in my town of, you know, wherever we can say, um, okay, download this and you can see what's involved. And then we can talk. (laughs) When I was a kid, uh, TV shows uh, would have at the end of the show, you could order for like nine 99, a, uh, a kit to start your own chapter of the club. Yes. (laughs) I think I did I a few of those. We had, we had a yeah. few clubs. Commander yeah. Mark. I, I remember stuff like that, you know, and you had to clip out those little forms to fill out that mm-hmm. were on the box tops, like, and <laughs> fill them in in teeny-weeny handwriting and put, I don't know how you've sent them money, um, but, yeah, that was the ancient days of, of mailing stuff in and getting stuff mailed to you. The days when, when you wanted to be on the uh, the top score stats for an Atari game, you had to take a Polaroid of your screen showing your 10,000 point plus score, send it in, and they'd send you back a patch for your jean jacket. Oh my God. I did not know about that. That's incredible. I only ever, I only ever followed through with the Enduro one. But, <laughs> um, so I would assume since it's, you know, still happening since the last time we talked that it's going well from a business perspective, um, sustainable. Well, it- Sustainable, it is a nonprofit, and um, we, uh, I mean, that yes, that is part of what we have been um, able to document is what it really costs to run a camp the way we're running it. Um, and it's not a cheap camp to run because we have obviously very expensive equipment. Um, we use MacBook Pros. Um, we have one MacBook Pro for each two girls so we don't give them their own computer to work on um each team has two computers two macs that one that they use mostly for xcode and one that they use mostly for design and keynote um we also give them uh an ipod touch to use for the week so that they have a device to build to and the you know the ipod so we have 12 of those because we do give each girl an ipod touch and they get to take those home each day they can show their folks, you know, and their friends what they did in app camp. And we have a very basic thing we show them how to do on day one so they have something to show off when they go home. Um, but, yeah, so right there I think I just, just rattled off close to $20,000 yeah. worth of equipment. So it's not like soccer camp, you know, or 
even horseback riding camp, I think we're probably more expensive than that. So. I suppose you have to keep the, the equipment up to date to some extent with new releases too. Absolutely. Yes, we do. Um, so yeah, we can't use like old equipment that, you know, people have very generously offered to give us their old stuff, but we need <laughs> the, oh, the, the MacBooks to be able to run the latest version of Xbook Xcode, excuse me. And we also found that it makes a lot of sense to have six exactly the same MacBooks, you know, and so that we don't, you know, different teams don't have different machines and um, we don't have any interesting problems with uh, setting up those machines Yeah, because they're not all the same. So, so that's, you know, that's a big expense that we knew from the beginning was going to to make this camp unusual in terms of its, you know, balance sheet. Um, the, the, um, so the tuition for the camp or the registration fee, whatever we, I think we call it registration fee is, um, it's this summer it's three seventy five per, per camper. Uh, and that does not cover the cost of, um, the whole week of camp, you know, between I renting the location and, we spend money on, you know, we actually buy a lot of food because we have, you know, teenagers and they yeah. eat a lot. <laughs> I mean, they bring their own lunches, but we have to have snacks. And the first week that we did camp in 2013, I did not take the snack thing as seriously as I should have. Um, I just assumed <laughs> like, well, if we have some snacks for them in the afternoon, that's great. But they need morning snacks too. Um, I think as an adult, I think, well, I just had breakfast. Why would I need to eat something before lunch? But we're, these are kids. And they, so we learned, you know, right by the next uh, session, we were very well stocked with all sorts of snacks for the girls, which is, I mean, it's not as expensive as Macs and iPod touches, but it's <laughs> one of the expenses. It does add um, up and it doesn't have any uh, lasting value. No. There's no, no resale a, on snacks. No, there's no, that's true. That's a good point. And, um, we have a lot of uh, supplies because sometimes app camp looks like it's arts and crafts camp because we don't always have the computers out. Sometimes they're just working on UI designs. They have like UI stencils, those uh, uh, really nice steel yep, stencils. Have you have one, yeah. And that, I have the, the special like field notes notebook that goes with it that has the iPhone on every page. Yeah. But it's outdated now because it's like a four. <laughs> yes, I know. But you know what? Kids don't care that much about that. <laughs> That's what we were debating about. You know, you know, the stencils go out of date as well, you know, with iOS mm -hmm. versions. But but you I still get the basic. Yeah. You can still develop a, a, a wireframe. Yes. It's not that. Um, it, it, we've never had a camper say, oh, I can't use this stencil because it's for <laughs> iOS 6 and it has the wrong, you know, button for back button or whatever. So not yet, but <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Um, so, um, you know, there's so I would say that the tuition covers about a third of the week's expenses when everything is added up. Um, so we have to fundraise for the for the rest, um, and we have a great community, as I know you know, that supported us in 2013. We did an Indiegogo campaign to launch the camp and to pay for the initial stuff. And that campaign started out with a target of $50,000, and we met that in three days. Nice. So we had doubled, 
by the end we ended up raising a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand dollars so so that was originally intended for like to you know get us through one year and one one location but we've we've made that since it, you know we raised more money and um, we have had some very nice fundraisers and generous donations come in over the last two years um, we've made that money last till this summer um, but we're we are gearing up to take our fundraising to the next level um, and you know that we'll have something um, to announce in a couple of weeks on that but that um, uh, we've had such a great um, response to what we do that um, in terms of you know our not just the grassroots individual community, which is great, but also companies that w want to support app camp. So I'm, I'm confident we'll be able to raise what we need to keep the camp going and growing in 2016 and beyond. I, I like that you're, you're making it affordable and, and you're striving to make it accessible to more than just the richest kids. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have a long way to go on, you know, bringing in kids who might not otherwise get into this program, though, in terms of um, reach, you know, outreach to um, uh, underserved schools and and programs. We've you have to start had, somewhere. <laughs> Girls yeah. in general are an underserved <laughs> demographic. Right, right. But yeah, we you know we we definitely it's an it's a it's in our mission statement, and it's an important value to the whole team that the camp is accessible you know, in many senses of the word. And, um, but yeah, we, and we, if, if we, we do give out, um, tuition waivers every year to, um, families that can't afford that tuition either, you know, so we have a, a little, um, financial aid, you know, form and, um, we generally give out two or three, uh, you know, tuition waivers every session so that's absolutely great um, so that you know is what the money is supporting as well um the campers very nice yeah i i love the uh the outreach half of this it's not just you know empowering young girls it's also providing like accessibility it's all about really the outreach and i love that um mm -hmm. you have uh, a new uh an announcement i guess uh, a, a new product, if you will. Tell, tell me yeah. about that. So my first product in a while now that I don't work at Smile. It's, I'm out of the the <laughs> iTunes uh, App Store, you know, frenzy until now. Um, so we put together each each session. The girls create. They create some simple apps, but their main project is a personality quiz that we we provide um, a template for in Xcode, so sort of the bare bones of what they need to get started. And they do all the content and figure out, you know, how the quiz is going to be graded. And they, you know, hook up the, all the buttons, you know, the IB outlet type, you know, stuff. We show them some some of the, the programming that they can do without learning, you know, Objective-C or Swift or whatever. And... Um, then, um, so each uh, each session we have uh, these apps, um, these quiz apps that girls have created, and we decided, you know, the ultimate 
um, uh, you know, payoff of sense of accomplishment would be for them to see their apps on the app store. And um, we, we worked, um, and when I say we, I should say this is Nat Osten, who you know, who's yep. our, been our been lead developer. Yep. And, she's, and uh, um, Liz Marley, uh, as I said, from Omni Group, has also been working with Nat to, um, to, to do all the heavy lifting of putting all this stuff together into a single app that would work in iOS 8, because you know, these apps were just developed in iOS 6 and 7. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they, um, and put it, you know, design an, an interface so that you could take all the quizzes. Um, there's 15 quizzes in them. Um, things like, what kind of penguin are you? Or what, um, what superpower do you have? What should, you know, what your career should be? Things that girls have put together their own spin on these kinds of you know, it's like the classic, you Buzz, know, Buzzfeed social quiz. media quiz. Yeah, yeah Buzzfeed quiz, exactly. So, um, anyway, the um, the app is out, or I mean, it'll be out when we um, when we uh, when you post this episode. It's uh, called the App Camp Quiz Compendium, and it's ninety nine cents. And I want to see it get to the top seller list. So I want everybody to go out and spend 99 cents um, to push if you know, you know how that top seller list you could be on it, even if we're just on it for five minutes, like, (laughs) we can take a screenshot and say, yay. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. And this is kind of a tangent, but being on that top 10, you know, overall app store, or even just in a category, it only lasts for a little while for most apps, but it affects your overall ranking for weeks it can yeah it matters a lot if you don't make it up the ranks to begin with Mm -hmm. you flatline yeah i mean i I, you know i definitely had some of that experience with smile too when you release something everybody knows you have this big spike and Mm -hmm. we even had the experience of being like number one you know for a short while either in productivity or I believe in the Mac app store, like overall, I don't know, you know, it's all fading in my memory now, but I think that our, you know, our community and network has the power, you know, to get a 99 cent app up pretty high. Oh, definitely. You know, so, so that's, uh, that's my dream. (laughs) I want the girls to have that feeling. I want them to have that excitement. Um, well, we, we will do everything. Our, uh, the systematic audience will, will lend a hand. Okay, great. Um, and it's fun. And uh, I, I hope people will post some of their results. Like, you know, what kind of coffee drink am I? I'm a, I'm a decaf espresso, I think. Is that a thing? Standard. Do it's they make those? A, yes, they do. Hmm. <laughs> I drink them frequently. I think I'm... Anyway, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. And weirdly accurate. Um, the you know the 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 results when you try something like you know what career should you be in or what um, does your breakfast favorite breakfast say about your personality um, they <laughs> so you'll see <laughs> I, I'd be scared because my favorite breakfast right now is Soylent and I'm sure that says a lot about my personality <laughs> mm. oh, <laughs> plain <boy>. flavorless <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that should be uh, that should be a fun release day, for sure. Excited about it. And Net has worked so hard on this uh, to get it out, and and Liz too. And I know they're really excited. And we've you know done a lot of testing um, with the team, so it was good for me since it's been a while since I've had a app to sell. Right. Is um, you know learning about test flight, the new test flight stuff, and getting um the iTunes Connect uh, has changed a little bit uh, since I changes uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, we'll see. It will be um it'll be very exciting. So which one of you has been tasked with PR? Uh, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my I mean, that's my primary role. But you've been doing say. PR for AppCamp too. So you're not rusty in that area, right? Right. No, I'm not at all. Um, and so I'm not, yeah, I mean, releasing an app, even though a few things have changed, like I, I have a checklist, you know, that's, that's etched in my brain that <laughs> has to happen. So, well, and I think that's fun. an area that a lot of developers of, you know, any independent developer has a 50, 50 <laughs> chance that they have no idea how to do PR. Do you teach yeah. that at AppCamp? We do. Well, we don't teach them how to write a press release, but we do teach them about marketing and, and the pitch. Yeah. Um, and the pitch and what their audience is and how they're going to make money on the app. Um, and I was on uh, <laughs> talking to the release notes guys, Joe and, and Charles, about uh, this. And one of them said, Yeah, it sounds like most of the girls have more experience they get more experience in marketing than your average indie developer. Yeah, I think that's true. So, yeah. Um, but I think it will, um, you know, w we have some ideas for, for getting the word out, but you know, we had an incredible run with the, with the fundraising two years ago and that, that network and that, um, you know, circle of great supporters is all still there. Um, retweeting our tweets and you know yeah you have, us, you have quite the uh the the framework for easy <laughs> pr you can send a tweet and reach more people than most people would reach with a mailing list or or a website yeah. that's very cool yeah Let's find out how much of a difference a podcast can make. This week's episode of Systematic is brought to you by AppCamp Quiz Compendium by AppCamp for Girls and Jean McDonald. Jean McDonald herself has been such a huge supporter and backer and booster of the podcasting medium. We felt like this episode of the show should be double emphasizing the great work of a bunch of girls who are bucking the trend in technology and in much of the professional world. Support this app, get it onto the top charts, keep it on the top charts as long as we can. It's only 99 cents, 15 quizzes, 99 cents, and helping promote a better future for women in tech. I know that I speak for both Brett and myself, the producer, runner of this network that you're listening to, by saying that Jean is someone whose example more people should follow. Thanks to AppCamp and Jean for making technology a better place to live, work, and play. I guess that brings us to about the halfway point, which would okay. be the uh, the top three picks. So All right. intrigue me with your first pick. Okay, so my first pick is a uh, is a game, which is unusual for me, um, called Rock On, a song pop adventure by Fresh Planet. And 
I learned about it from, they sponsored during Fireball. Um, and it's a game where, you know, your knowledge of rock music is put to the test. And there's, there's various levels. Each level is a different, you know, genre or period of rock music. And within each level, there's different um, modes, you know, to earn points. And it's, I find it quite addictive, except for the part where I realize I don't know anything about music after 1979, <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> there's like the 80s as a category, the 90s. Um, but there, there's enough classic rock um, levels uh, that I am not totally out of the game. But it is kind of embarrassing like, to realize how little... I'm not even familiar with, like, I don't know. So like, and basically it's like a name that tune game. And so the music will start and I just scan the list. And if, if we're talking a category, I don't really know. I just try to mentally like, uh, narrow it down based on the names of the bands that I don't know. <laughs> oh, I would kill it. But, this game. Uh, yeah, you would. So you should play it. And I, we won't, we won't, I don't know if it's in game, um, center or not but I, I would not want to compete with you <laughs> but uh, although I would take you on in like you know 70s arena rock um, oh, the other cool thing is that every so often you get to a bonus level where you get to pick the artist that you want and then all the all the you know questions or whatever all the all the music that they play is from that artist uh, and, and you just have to name a song well they'll they'll say so like like the first level is you have to like guess five songs out of 10 songs they'll play you know so they'll play it you have about 30 seconds to figure it out and click on it's a multiple choice thing so then and the other levels are are like you have to try to rack up as many points picking songs as they play the faster you hit the you know the faster that you select the song you think it is the more points you get um, so there's a value in like being able to re recognize stuff from like the first, you know, measure, uh, and they don't play stuff just from the beginning of the song. So, um, with, with the special levels, like the first one that I picked, I was the Beatles. Cause I'm like, okay, I could totally do the Beatles. And so that meant that all the songs that they used in all the quizzes were Beatles songs. So you, as long as you knew most of the Beatles library, you could do pretty well nice. um and then i think that i also picked um oh uh, the beach boys okay <laughs> so, i'm just totally showing my age here um because i thought i knew more beach boys songs than it turns out i do um and then anyway that's kind of fun like some of the other ones that are on there that i hope to get to like u2 or something like that so so you know you can get to a level that's in your comfort zone um Anyway, I, I highly recommend it. It's free to download, um, and it's $5 to play it with no ads. Like, so they'll have ads, you know, sort of full screen things pop up in between levels. It's not that annoying. I would definitely play it. I played it for, you know, several levels before I said, okay, you know, I want to support this developer, and I, I wouldn't mind not seeing these ads anymore. But, I, uh, um, I hate it when so apps don't offer you that option. Yeah, I know that every app should offer you that option. So, and that the 
the music is good. Of course, the graphics are really, um, really great. It kind of reminds me, you know, like just the aesthetic of it reminds me a little bit of playing like garage band, not garage band, um, rock band or, or guitar hero, but you're not actually playing the songs. You're just guessing them. Well, I've already downloaded it while you were talking because it sounds wonderful. (laughs) My wife will beat me at 80s music. She can can name any song, artist and title, from the first uh, about three seconds of it. We we play this game where I'll play like three seconds. I'll try to find the most obscure one I can and play three seconds. And sometimes it's just like the guitar feedback before the song starts and she'll know it. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, if you want uh, something, a time sink to get your, uh, when you, when you get your productivity off track, here's an excellent one. Perfect. So I'll, I'll have to get headphones to play in bed, but. Um, yes. <laughs> did you see, uh, this is relevant to the Beach Boys. Did you see the, uh, the documentary that's out now, The Wrecking Crew? No. It's I was, heard about it. It was the it was the studio musicians behind just about mm-hmm. every band from that era, and they played mm-hmm. just about every Beach Boys album. It was actually oh. it was the Wrecking Crew, and it was there's a reason all those records from that era, all the pop stuff, sounds very similar. Yeah, no, I, I, you, you know, you, I, I watched a documentary about the Monkees recently, and I knew that you know they were a made up band, yeah. but I still loved them. Um, I, I like them but because I didn't they realize <laughs> I didn't realize they didn't play any of the instruments on their songs. <laughs> that's like the Partridge family. I mean, I well, knew that's the that's like modern family. pop. Yeah. Modern that's... pop divas sometimes don't even sing. They just have auto tuners well, yeah. and they just talk through the song. Yeah. It's annoying. Uh, anyway. Well, what's your pick? My first pick is going to be a repeat. I'm going to echo a pick from uh, a previous guest. Uh, uh, let's see. It was Rich, I think, Rich Stevens. And he recommended to me this suction cup tape. And I bought it while he was talking. I ordered it, and I got it a while later. And it is possibly the greatest invention ever. It's uh, it's uh, kind of like an adhesive that you can put on the back of things, but it's mm-hmm. not sticky. It's these little nano suction cups that will stick to anything, but you can hold it in your hand and it won't stick to your skin. So I put it on the back of my phone and now my phone can, I can stick it to the mirror in the bathroom. I can stick it to the dashboard of my car. I can put it at an angle on my desk and it doesn't slide off. And I've, I've actually, my, I have a homemade phone dock. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a wooden phone dock. And if I angle my adjustable keyboard uh, tray, it, it, it will, and it has the weight of an iPhone on it, it'll slide off, but now it doesn't, but it's still completely movable. Like it doesn't hurt the surface you stick it to either. It's hard to explain and it's very expensive for its size, but it is just amazing stuff. And it doesn't, so it doesn't lose stickiness. You just wash it. It's so it's suction. It's the micro suction cups on both sides of the tape. Mm, one like, side, one side is actually adhesive. And that's okay. the side I put, you know, you, that goes to the iPhone. Yeah. And then the okay. outside is this very special non-glue sticky side. It's huh. it's like uh, the sheet I bought was like an eight, eight and a half by 11 sheet that cost me $15. Oh, 
And if you want uh, a longer roll of it, you can pay up to $1,700. So it's not it's not a product you'll see on the market soon. It's from uh, inventables.com. It's listed under their inspirational materials. And anyone who listened to that episode with uh, R. Stevens uh, has has heard in depth about <laughs> the inspirational <laughs> materials. But uh, but yeah, it's it's I, I just have to repeat it because it's it's so fun. Utterly okay. utilitarian. Yeah. No, it sounds like something we could totally use at camp. For $1,700, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Increased tuition. Yes. All right. So what's your second pick? Um, my uh, second pick is in, uh, in honor of it being Apple Watch weekend. And I didn't get an Apple Watch yet because my order went in at 12.05 on order night. So I have to wait till May 13th. But my pick is what I am wearing on my wrist, which is my Fitbit charge. Um, this is the Fitbit that, um, you know, where you wear it as a wristband and it counts the steps. It also can do elevation and sleep tracking. Um, and the reason I'm pointing it out is that it is $129 not $349 like the watch. <laughs> so if somebody is looking for something, you know, for tracking, you know, steps and uh, doesn't want to spend all that money on the Apple Watch, I really like the Fitbit charge. Um, I, I, in fact, it made me realize how much I'm going to like the watch because it will do um, uh, notifications of phone calls. Really? Uh, it doesn't do... Uh, text, but phone calls. So I was, I miss a lot of phone calls because whatever the vibration on my phone isn't, doesn't really get my attention, but it does get my attention when my, my wrist vibrates. And then I look at it and I say, Oh, okay. You know, pick up, get the phone or not. Um, and it, uh, and I like actually looking at the time on my wrist instead of pulling my phone out all the time, which surprised me as well, because Again, that's something you would say about the watch is that, well, you know, if you have a phone, you know what time it is, but it's not the same. So it's, it's very comfortable, little band. And, um, it is, uh, I basically wear it all the time, which I won't do with the watch. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and so I do the sleep cause I bought it really, I was mostly interested in sleep tracking. And, um, so I have it on, I got used to it right away and I just wear it. Um, so I can keep track of my sleep because I've learned how important it is to make sure that you're getting a reasonable amount of sleep every night. I've, I've recently made the decision to work very hard on my sleep habits and overall I've been doing really well and am to a point where I'm considering, cause right now I have a Fitbit, uh, I think it's the one which is, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a wristwatch. It's just a dongle. Right. And, uh, you have to put it in a mesh wrist case right. and strap it to your arm and i had that before not convenient um but no. I, I i would like to now that the numbers won't scare the hell out of me i would like to actually track mm -hmm. and, and see progress as i improve my sleep habits because it is definitely <laughs> it's scary how much of my life i have probably uh negated by not sleeping ever mm -hmm. i'm gonna die young younger than i should <laughs> Well, yeah. Anyway, I do want, I, like I said, I think 
it's worth considering if you're not really wanting a watch, but you're wanting something, you know, that does some tracking and some notifications and, uh, the, the Fitbit charge, I've had it since November and I really like it. Nice. Did you have the predecessor, the one they recalled? Yes, I did. Did actually. you get the wrist yeah. rash? No, I didn't, but I sent it in anyway because I'm very highly suggestible and I knew that once I knew that it could cause a rash that I would get a rash. My wife and... just wrapped hers in electrical tape. <laughs> she, made, she made like a barrier to her skin. <laughs> yeah. No, I sent it back in and then I weighed it and I was very frustrated how long it took them to come up with a new um, version of it. But uh, one, And I thought I wouldn't even bother buying it because the watch was coming, but as soon as they announced the Fitbit charge and uh, they sent me a you know coupon as a person who had it before, so for a discount on it, I knew that I missed having a Fitbit and I didn't know when the watch was coming and who knew if I was really going to get a watch. Like, you know, I always have that fantasy that I'm not actually going to buy the new thing from Apple, but yeah, anyway. So I, I ended up buying it anyway and I, I'm glad I did. It was a good interim piece and I'm not sure. I'd probably keep it for sleep tracking because it's. Um, I just can't imagine the watch wearing the watch. Well, you have to just, charge the watch. That's true. Those Fitbits go for a long time. They um, do. I uh, I swore I wasn't going to buy the first version of the Apple Watch, but I, I want to develop for it, which means I can yeah. write it off. And there goes you know half my excuse right there. We'll see. Yeah. I haven't bought it yet. Oh really? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have it yet. I have an order. <laughs> I won't have it until May 13th or later. All right. Well, my second pick is pretty much new. I think it was a week ago. Uh, Vox, the uh, the music app, released their iOS version. And it is as wonderful as I find the Mac player. And it's it basically... It can function entirely separately from iTunes while it integrates with your iTunes library. It can also, mm-hmm. it handles all formats, meaning you can use like very high quality FLAC files. And uh, and then it has a brand new service attached to it called Loop that can automatically sync music from your Mac to other Macs and to your iPhone, functioning basically like, like iTunes uh, Match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your music in a cloud and it's a private cloud and it's, I can't remember the price on it, but there's a subscription fee, but it, it yeah. like Vox then allows you to play extensively high quality format. So if that's of interest to you, this is a, a better deal than using iTunes cloud services. And huh. the player has gestures, which it frustrates me to no end that iTunes doesn't let me just swipe left and right on the screen to shift tracks. Hmm. And oh, I'm looking at it now. They have Apple Watch uh, compatibility too. Yes. Yeah, I think I was I was amazed, not horribly surprised, but impressed, I guess, by the number of app updates yesterday with watch compatibility. <laughs> and most of it seemed useful. Some of it I think they just did because WatchKit. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of it, I was like, yeah, if... That, that would make sense to have that on my wrist instead of having to reach into my pocket. It's, yeah. it's going to be fun. I, uh, the watches will come back. I know so many people, including myself, who have not worn a watch at all for years. 
Mm-hmm. Since I stopped wearing suits, watches <laughs> were like they were just part of the apparel. And I'm not even good. I, they were always analog watches. And I'm not even mm-hmm. good enough at reading analog watches that I didn't have to like do the uh, the count in my head every time I looked at my wrist. <laughs> it was just jewelry. And to have one that's actually useful, I'm, 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 I'm failing at not buying one. Anyway, that had nothing to do with Vox, but I, I well, Vox watch. on the Mac too is just awesome. It's yeah. my favorite music player. I'm gonna. I've never. I don't know why I've never heard of this. I just. Um, I am one of those people who kind of like just puts their head down with whatever's installed and <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> I don't even know what's installed by default anymore. I always customize my. <laughs> I have automated scripts that when I install a new system basically customizes it to my previous preferences. And I'm, mm. I would have missed photos app entirely if I hadn't <laughs> like actually read the release notes for the, uh, the developer update, but, um, okay. So you're number three. Uh, my number three is a book that I am reading right now, um, that I just got and it's a memoir by Kate Mulgrew who, if you know Star Trek Voyager, she's Captain Janeway. Um, if you watch Orange is the New Black, she's red. Um, and I went to a reading that she gave last week in Seattle because I was, I'm, I'm a big Voyager fan, and I'm a fan of her in particular. And she, was, and she gave an incredible reading, and the book is really, really well written. And I think... Um, Anybody, you know, who likes her, likes her as an actress, um, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great read. It's not a very fat memoir and it's, um, it's super well written, which you, you could always tell she's a literary person and, uh, it's, uh, so I'm enjoying it immensely and so I would like to recommend that. It's called Born With Teeth, which I thought was just, you know, a metaphor, but it's actually true. She, when she was a uh, newborn she had developed teeth um, in utero and <laughs> they had to extract them so anyway so it's like one of these crazy like Irish American family stories and her mother was actually friends with the Kennedys because uh, she went to convent school with uh, one of the Kennedy daughters and she well, it was wanted to be an actress you know as from a, you know early age and became very successful very soon um, in her early twenties, um, as, um, one of the lead characters on a new soap opera back then called Ryan's Hope. And then, um, but, and her stories about, you know, getting on Voyager are really, really interesting too. And being on Voyager and how it was because, you know, being the first woman captain of a starship in the Star Trek series was not, uh, that brought a lot of attention, you know, to her as well. Yeah, that 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 would that would be good. I I especially liked uh, Red. Red was my favorite character on Orange. That sounded yeah. like a very <laughs> chromatic sentence, but um, yeah, uh, she she is fascinating. That would be good. Yeah, she did some good Red uh, moments during her the Q and A part. <laughs> some somebody asked her. They said if there was like a, a chef, you know, like a cooking show competition. Uh, and Neelix and Red were the competitors. Who would win? And she's like, "What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me!" You know, like, 
Nice. Neelix. She goes, Neelix, you're beginning to piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, I have two options for my last pick. Should I do... No, I'm going to I'm going to do it's kind of obvious. It's it's not new. Um it's buffer, which I had always assumed was for uh people with, you know, a million followers on Twitter and Facebook, but I have this thing where I go on uh binges of tweeting mm-hmm. and they come mm-hmm. out all at once, like 15 of them in 15 minutes and I think uh I I think I lose followers <laughs> in those 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. I'm noisy all of a sudden, and uh, Buffer lets me take those random thoughts that I feel are worth sharing, but maybe not all at once, and just stick them away. And I'm just using the free, like I just my Facebook and my one of my Twitter accounts hooked up to it. But I'm finding it very uh, very useful. It's a it's a good it's a good idea. That is a good idea. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> a that I do stop. I mute people who seem to be on a Twitter tear uh, for if I've um, and I also I edit myself from saying like, oh, I don't want to be like the person who's just tweeting all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's one of those things that I, I see in other people and I think I shouldn't do that, but then I do it anyway. But now it's solved. <laughs> Thanks to technology. <laughs> The other one I was going to mention is the Swift Key keyboard, but I'll save that. It okay. is the best one with the swipe typing, though. I'll have to try that, too. Uh, yeah. Next week, I'll, I'll mention it and link it, but uh, for today, buffer. So I, uh, we actually have a few minutes left because I am so used to doing the 30-minute format that I, I had messed up my, uh, my divisions, but... I did want to talk to you about guinea pigs. <laughs> we have Yay, talked on Twitter pigs. before about your uh, your love of guinea pigs. Tell me a little bit about uh, you, why you love guinea pigs. Um, I had a guinea pig as a pet when I was uh, a kid, like seven or eight years old. And we had to give it away because my mother was allergic to it. And I just always loved them, though. I really remember that guinea pig. And... And uh, but in the 90s, I got a guinea pig because I had this tiny apartment where I couldn't have any other kind of pet. And I really wanted to get a pet. And I had the best time with that guinea pig. And uh, I just I I had that guinea pig for eight and a half years. Um, So recently, uh, feeling petless, I don't have a dog right now. And I was trying to decide between dog and guinea pigs. And I finally decided to get two guinea pigs for myself for Christmas. And uh, now I have two. You're really supposed to have two or, or more. They're, you know, herd animals and they like to have company. So I could watch these guinea pigs like all day long. They just, I just love watching them eat. They're, you know, they get excited about vegetables. You know, they get super excited. You know, if I, if I, open a plastic bag of something they hear that sound and they just go bananas uh, they make the cutest noises and they have this sort of signature sound that all guinea pig owners know it's we call it the week like spelled w-h-e-e-k and they just go week, 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 <laughs> and they they have different personalities like the two that i have now are different from the one that i had before and my two guinea pigs now their names are grace and ada 
Um, I named them after famous women programmers. Nice. And um, they're, I don't know, they just, they're sweet. They, they are less work than a dog because you don't have to take them out, f- you know, for walks. Um, they're easier for somebody to come and take care of when I come, go out of town because, you know, you can't leave a dog cooped up in the house all the time. And, um, they're, um, they're very nice little animals. Like they're not like mice or hamsters. They, they have more, they're bigger and they have more personality in my opinion. And more Um, huggable. Yes. They're cuddly. I mean, there's, they're tribbles. That's the thing, you know, if you watch on that note, we're definitely based on guinea pigs. Yeah. On that note, when I was a kid, we added a second guinea pig without considering the uh, the breeding possibilities, and oh, no. uh, <laughs> and we did we had a litter I think, but the mm-hmm. uh, the thing that the the guinea pig thing ended for me when the pregnant guinea pig I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was very morbid, and the children were basically murdered, and I don't remember which mm. pair which member of the pair was responsible, but I guess this is normal behavior in captivity for guinea pigs um so i hadn't i hadn't thought about them for a long time until you brought them up on twitter i think it was about a year ago and yeah. uh and i started thinking about it again because i've been thinking about a potbelly pig like i'm oh. thinking when my dog passes <laughs> i I might look into a potbelly pig but they are more trouble and a guinea pig would yeah. be fun i like rats though rats i really are, enjoy I mean, rats yeah yeah, I could see that as well. I mean, the nice thing about, to me, the nice thing about guinea pigs is that, I mean, they're very uh, cautious and nervous about being out um, on their own. So they don't really want to escape. They like to hide. Do you have a, um, do you have a ball, uh, like the, ro- the ones no, you, you put them you inside? Can't, you can't do that with guinea pigs. Really? Um, guinea pigs don't have the body type for the wheels or the balls they're basically as people describe them it's like a brick with little legs you know they don't they would hurt themselves on in those uh contraptions um Mm. but what i've started to do uh, is to take them out of the cage and put them in my bathroom where you know there's nothing that they can get into um and i sit there in the bathroom with them so it's like the three of us are on the floor together and I put out, you know, treats and little boxes and stuff for them to like explore. And we can sit there for an hour. I don't get bored. I, I just like watch them because the first time I put them in there, they didn't move for like 30 minutes. They, that's pretty much their MO is anything new. They need at least 30 minutes to an hour to decide whether they're going to move because they're you know (laughs) they don't like that so um you know if i had a rat but you know that rats would figure out everything (laughs) yes guinea pigs would just like to find the darkest corner and and be there although yeah anyway they're they're super fun i think they're really fun and they're uh, i think one thing that is um advantage of guinea pigs over some of the other rodents is that they don't really smell bad the way um i know i've had mice and gerbils and such when i was a kid and guinea pigs i mean obviously they pee but that for whatever reason are not quite as as toxic as uh some of the others 
that that should be a quiz uh, in the app. Uh, what kind of rodent are you? Yeah, <laughs> I think the personality types between like a rat and a hamster and a guinea pig are such a range. I think it would work. Yeah, yeah. All so, right. uh, speaking yeah, of I, pets, I, I would recommend. Yeah, I have a. Yeah. There's a pit bull outside my door that has apparently just realized she hasn't been out to the bathroom for the last five hours. Um, <laughs> so she's gonna get noisy in a second. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll put a link up for the the new app camp for girls quiz app. What's the full title? App camp quiz compendium. App camp quiz compendium. So that will be linked and, uh, and everyone should uh, go out and support app camp for girls by purchasing a 99 cent copy. And, uh, and Jean, thanks a ton for being here again. Thanks for having me. It's always fun, Brett. Thanks. And uh, thanks for the pics. I'm looking forward to checking out yours. I, I, I am looking forward to playing rock on uh, pretty much uh, right away in the bathroom, probably, because that's where <laughs> games happen, right? Yes. All right. Well, okay. and you are, uh, where are you on the internet these days? Um, well, Twitter's really the best place to get me, I think, with um, Mac Genie, that's M-A-C-G-E-N-I-E. Um, and um, I'm also... You can find me through the App Camp for Girls website. Um, that's appcampforgirls.com. With a four. With a four. A numeral if four. You that, if you forget the numeral four and you spell it out, it will still. Oh, that's smart. Yes. Good planning. All right. Mm. And I am uh, Brett Terpstra, as you may know. And I am TT Scoff everywhere. And I am at brettterpstra.com. So come check out the latest nerdery. And uh, and that was episode 138. (laughs) That's almost 100 episodes since the last time you were on. But anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back in a week.